Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Events for Breakfast. Now I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. So as some of you might know, I'm a mentor for the Fast Forward 15 program and I've been working really hard with Catherine, who is my mentee. And basically the Fast Forward 15 program is a program where we choose a mentee each year and we inspire we empower and motivate, support and guide 15 women in the events and hospitality industry to reach their goals. Now, Catherine's goals are all around self-confidence and and getting herself out there and raising her profile. So we've been working on some video vlogs each month or every couple of months. And for this one, as it was World Mental Health Day very recently, we decided to interview a couple of really key people in the events, mental health and well-being industry and sector. So we were joined by Helen Moon, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Eventwell and Alice Lyons, who runs her own well-being company, Dark Coffee. So for this, I'm actually going to let Catherine lead the interview and I will join in and, of course, take part. But please do sit back and enjoy it because it is a great interview and lots of insight into mental health and well-being, especially in the events industry. So sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm Catherine and I'm a mentee on this year's Fast Forward 15 programme. Um, I'm joined by my wonderful mentor, Kelly, and um, as part of our journey, we wanted to film some videos and some vlogs, um, just talking about (laughs) hot topics and um, topics that we're really interested in. And for so many at the moment, mental health and well-being are um, top of the list, um, especially with the recent updates that we've been given to have another six months of you know, events on hold um, and furlough schemes coming to an end. And there's just so many things that are potentially uncertain at the moment. So um, today I've got a wonderful Alice and um, Helen joining and so I just want to to check if you wouldn't mind giving us a little introduction. So um, Helen, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and um, the company Eventwell? Absolutely. Um, Yes, so my name's Helen Moon. I'm the CEO and founder of Eventwell. Eventwell is um, a social enterprise. So we're we're, uh, the mental health and wellbeing voice of um, the events industry. Um, it's our mission to make tangible change to the event industry's relationship with well-being. Um, one that's been explain it quite a, a probably a, a sporadic, unhealthy relationship with well-being in the past. So it's, it's our mission and our vision to make change to that. Um, but we're we're mostly a, a membership organisation. So we're um, a not-for-profit organisation. We we have a membership base. So we have a group of professional and business members who are at the heart of everything that Eventwell does Um, and we also have outreach um, areas of our business as a social enterprise so we have our outreach education which is event wellbeing day and week. September was event wellbeing month Um, for those that missed it, for those that took part brilliant make sure you join us next year um so our, our next um campaign will be event wellbeing day which is on the 3rd of march 2020 
So that's part of our outreach education. We also have the, the Event More Manifesto, which we're encouraging all event businesses to sign as a commitment to workplace wellbeing. Mm. And we have our Event More Champions programme. Um, and it's our aim in line with Agenda 2030 and the um, Sustainable Development Goals to have an Event More Champion in every event business by 2030. And then also as part of our outreach support, we have our info line and we have Event World Pledge, um, which is our peer-to-peer -peer support programme. So that's where event professionals pledge support to other event professionals, particularly at the moment, um, to anybody who might be experiencing financial hardship um, as a result of the pandemic, COVID-19 and lockdown. Um, so we, we do a lot of stuff. In a nutshell, that is event well. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. Um, and Alice, if you don't mind introducing yourself and a bit about Dark Coffee, your company. Yeah, sure. Hi everyone, my name's Alice Lyons. I'm the founder and director of Dark Coffee. Um, we are a BS-free uh, self-development platform, basically, for small business owners and their teams. So we started as a podcast, which is called Dark Coffee, which I started just over two years ago. And it was just really a platform for me to talk about my own mental health experiences. Um, I went through depression, suicide ideation, had a bit of a breakdown in my 20s. So I've kind of gone through the ringer. And one thing I noticed was that throughout my... Um, sort of professional development there was never any mental health support and it's something that's come to the fore a lot more now it's a lot more spoken about but still I don't feel like there's that kind of in-house peer-to-peer support going on too much um, so I really wanted to just be open and share my experiences because I found that kind of helped other people when I did that and it kind of took a lot of the stigma away especially around suicide ideation and um, my early career was in hospitality and it's an industry that I've actually started working quite closely with now so I have some really really cool clients in like the um the nighttime industry, a lot of bar chains and things, which is really cool because it's kind of coming back to my roots. And um, Dark Coffee was kind of named after my early career um, in the hospitality industry when I ran coffee shops. Um, but we do a few different things. We mostly, we do a lot of content so that there's always mental health support and kind of um, a reassuring voice to cut through the noise in the mental health arena. So we do a lot of free content, but then we also do um, networking events. We do um, workshops. We do workshops that are available to the public on Eventbrite and things, but then we also do in-house workshops. And my one of my main focuses now is one-to-one -one coaching. So I found if you su support the owners of the business with their personal well-being, it has a ripple effect and it positively impacts their whole business. And then the ripple effects then on society are, you know, infinite after that. So that's dark coffee. Fantastic. Oh. Yeah, great, great story there as well. I love the fact of how you how you named your business. That was fantastic. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, um, we as guys are all in the events industry, and um, Helen, I'm going to come to you now because um, we've had a turbulent six months already, you know, and we were thinking we were coming out of this. We were looking forward to that October the first date, and we really were gunning for that first of October date, which has now gone and passed. Um, events industry professionals mental health has obviously been hit quite a lot um, and I just wanted to get some insight into from you around you know how is it affecting people's mental health and have you seen a rise in people getting in contact with you recently? Um, we, we have yeah, um, yeah. Well, basically the, I, I, I'm not gonna lie you know event well started off as a, as a campaign you yeah. know event wellbeing week in, in 2017 that's how we started out and then we incorporated in October and really since then we've been trying to find our feet as an organization in terms of what we would offer to the industry because you know it's very important that we get it right and um, we're talking about people's mental health and well-being here 
um so it's very serious we, we're, we're not about benefits and gym memberships and cocktail making classes and all the fluffy kind of side of it we're about the very real and serious side of, of people managing mental health conditions of which I, i'm one of the, i have bipolar i've had it since i was 60. so from someone who who manages a mental health condition my heart goes out to every single person who's experiencing what that feels like for the very first time at the moment and that's as a result of lockdown um us as an organization back in march at the start of lockdown um we're writing letters to the prime minister to say he locked down this industry it's already an industry that struggles with its mental health yeah. there's going to be serious implications um for a lot more people in our industry um, the events industry is already hit with the fact you'll get one in three people struggling with their mental health every year. Um, it's the same for the hospitality industry, which which mm-hmm. Alice will know very well. Um, so we're already talking about a very, very serious situation. Um, and we're an industry that historically never used to talk about this. It was always toughen up, get over it. If you can't hack it, go and work somewhere else. Yeah, right. That's was always a mentality. Thankfully, that's been changing since 2017, and we've been moving in the right direction. We started having conversations such as this, and we know we are moving in the right direction, um, but perhaps not as as quickly as, as some of us would have liked to have seen. And then basically this year hit, um, which has been for an awful lot of people has just been catastrophic. It, it's from a from a mental health and well-being perspective, we the reality is that you know people are losing their jobs, people are losing their livelihoods, people are losing businesses. Um, you've got an industry of incredibly passionate people who love what they do, and when you have passionate people, um, and things like lockdown, losing your business and stuff happens to you, you know you take it personally because mm. that's your baby that's closed down you've got a job that you love you take it personally because you've put your heart and soul into every day that you've gone into work it's why a lot of us suffer with mental health because when you're passionate about things you tend to there's a statement that says do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life i disagree with that do something you love and you'll give it more you'll give it more because you love it um and you're passionate about it and you have to be careful when that happens so we've got a situation where we're a lot of people this year they've lost their purpose even if they've been on furlough they haven't lost a job but they're they're not going to work every day you know you're still you're still at home and you're twiddling your thumbs a little bit and it's like oh what do i do now and what does i've never been on furlough before i don't even understand how it works what this means and you know it's a relatively new concept so it's with the reality of the situation is um depression in adults is doubled through lockdown You've got people ex- experiencing anxiety for the first time even something as what people might think is very simple but even something like mask anxiety um is a real thing some people Sorry, do what's, not what's like putting things anxiety? over their faces yeah masking oh, wow okay uh, yeah, yeah just having i i, I have it because i'm i'm only through my hay fever, but when the pollen count is high, so in summer for me, that my breathing is affected. I'm slightly, very, very slightly asthmatic when um when the pollen count is high. Yeah. Um, now, so you put a mask, particularly somebody who has breathing difficulties, who struggles with their breathing, you, they're they're, they're going to struggle. So you get anxious, and um, it it's people getting on to anxious getting on public transport. So all of those things that we used to do normally before when you've been in lockdown and told that you can't do those things, when you go back to try and do those things again, you're going to be anxious about it. You're going to be nervous about it. So anxiety is on the increase. We've even got people who are experiencing PTSD, um, yeah, which okay. is very, very serious. You know? yeah. So um, suicide up, 
we've talked about the number of deaths from actually COVID-19 over the last six months, but nobody's talked about the number of, of, of deaths by suicide. Yeah. Um, so it's a very, it's a very serious situation that we face, but it's, it's one that, that can be addressed and can be worked on. Um, yeah. It's very important as an industry, we, we, we look at the mental health and wellbeing. That's it. And, and organisations like yourselves, both Alice and, um, and yourself, Helen, you know, you are there, aren't you? And you are literally, you are shouting about what you're doing. So hopefully that people are understanding yeah. to understand that there are organisations out there that can help, really. I yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But we've, we've definitely seen an, an increase in, in demand, absolutely. And that increase yeah. in demand has actually shaped what EventWell is now as an organisation and the support that we, that we offer yeah absolutely yeah, I, I think especially when you said um you lose that purpose when i lost my job it did feel like that it felt like you know what, what am i doing I'm, now i'm just sitting at home um because it was during lockdown and you think oh wait now i have nothing to do i need to try and do everything to refine a purpose and then i was doing things i didn't even want to do you know buying courses that i had no interest in because you felt you had to do something to have a purpose because it's such a busy job and such a you know your mind's always going so yeah I really agree with that yeah and there was the pressure of social media as well you know all yeah. the stuff that was being pushed out on social media was like you've got to be doing this you've got to be and I used to make a joke out of it so if anybody else tells me to add that I need to be making banana bread I think I'll scream <laughs> it's watching those social media channels where everyone was doing all of this stuff and all the positivity yeah. and stuff that was, that was being sent out which is great because obviously you you need that positivity in terms of giving you that boost that you need but you know as well if it is important to send out the messages as well that it's okay to not be okay so if you're struggling that's okay too you yeah. don't have to be making banana bread to feel fulfilled and feel like you've got purpose if you need to take some time the most important thing is you need to do what's what's right for you and you need to do the stuff that will help you so if you want to have a couple of days where you just bum out on the couch and you do nothing because that will help you then do that yeah, you know yeah, it, it, yeah it, it it's been a challenging time for an awful lot of people on so many different levels and that's a complication when it comes to mental health and well-being because there, there's just it, it does make it so challenging yeah um, you just, you've just got to find what works for you and what's right for you. Yeah, totally. Thank you. So, um, Alice, your um, line on LinkedIn, I absolutely adore it. It's champion wellbeing through badassery um, and mental health maverick. <laughs> I'd never heard badassery before, but I think it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> so have you found that you're helping more clients a lot more um, around the mental health and wellbeing when you're coaching um, at the moment, more so than sort of pre-COVID? Yeah, so obviously um, a big part of the way that we promote ourselves is through mental health awareness and things like that. But when I came into the space, I was very keen that I didn't focus on kind of the, the very, very negative end of the spectrum because there are so many mental health services around and I don't focus on things like crisis intervention because I found there were a lot of people doing crisis intervention and that's not really the best fit for me. I didn't find, mm. like I could do just one-on-one -on -one support with people who are suicidal. I could do that, but that wouldn't be me using my skill set in the best possible way. Um, so I had to really kind of dig deep and say, what am I best at? And um, my best focus is when I'm focusing on people who have kind of been in, in a difficult situation, maybe struggle with their mental health, and then they're just kind of sick of being in that space. And they're at that turning point when they're like, right, what can I do? What can I do to be proactive? 
and then that's the time when when they can come to me for sort of the personal development side of things and be like how do i move forward positively not negating anything they've been through because we're very like honest like all of my clients are very honest about what they're going through and if they're having a hard time we'll talk about it and we do dig quite deep into some of the things that they've gone through and challenge some of those you know beliefs that they've had about themselves that oh i'm limited because of my condition or i'm 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 not capable because of my condition and we're very honest about how they feel about those things but then knowing like helen said that there is hope and there are things that we can be doing um so i found yeah people are talking about it more openly which is amazing um but then they're talking about it in a different way and and part of what we've always wanted to do with dark coffee is to normalize the conversation so mm. i mean one of the reasons it's called dark coffee is because you want mental health conversations to be a very everyday thing and i found a lot more clients are saying to me you know i'm struggling with stress i feel burnt out i i think i've had depression even if they're not medically diagnosed they're just using yeah. these terms to just be very clear about how they feel yeah. and that's been amazing because especially in the entrepreneurial community and the startup community that i work really really closely with the small business community there's so much kind of entrepreneurial bullshit mythology around it of like yeah. you have to be amazing you have to hustle and, and like helen yeah. said about the the kind of bullshit positivity that's out in the social media space um, it's just too much pressure for people and, and this kind of pressure to perform and to be a kind of caricature of yourself as a business owner. That's something that I really want to break down. And I have found people are much more willing to be more honest with me. And from an earlier point as well, I always used to get there after a few sessions, especially with coaching, you have to build that rapport and build that trust. But I found people are coming to me and being like, do you know what? I've had enough. I'm sick of, I'm sick of feeling sick of my life and stuff. Like, what can we do? How can we turn this around? And it's, it's really refreshing for me, actually, because I've done this for, you know, only a couple of years. But even in the last year, I've seen such a shift in people's attitudes mm. and the fact yeah. that they, they don't feel such a deep shame about talking about it. It doesn't yeah. feel like yeah. such an admission anymore, even though it, it can do on a personal level. But they trust me yeah. enough to be open. Yeah. And then that kind of ripples into other things that they do, like the, the posts that they put on social media are that much more open and honest. And it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction, which is, is something to be said for 2020 and the whole COVID experience is it is stripping back, it is stripping back the masks in a kind of weird, um, nice poetic just, uh, juxtaposition of like, we're putting our masks on our face, but we're kind of letting our metaphorical masks slip now, which is really lovely. Definitely. Yeah. And um, Catherine's going to come on to a question around personal branding in a moment, which we'll come on to. Um, but it's really important, isn't it? Because, you, you know, you, it's important that we try and build a social media and personal brand for ourselves. But there's also that thing where you, you are seeing all that fake positivity online and everyone's trying to be, you know, that, that go goal setter and being this wonderful person. But underneath it, what's going on inside and how does that make everyone feel? So, yeah, we'll come on to that in a moment. But I just want to talk to Helen again, just around, um, you know, employers. Helen, employers at the moment, if we think about employees, you know, I've been on furlough, I'm lucky enough to have just started back again in my, um, in one of my roles on October the 1st actually, and Catherine's obviously been made redundant. Do what, How do you feel about employers at the moment? Do you think they're giving people enough um, support and, and, and to work through it and, and think about people's mental health at the moment? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into an employer bashing. Yeah. <laughs> you always, always say that and it, it's, and this will feed into actually a little bit of what Alice has just said as well. Um, our, our new strap line moving into November, by the way, will be will be for our events program with our members and stuff. We'll be making difficult conversations easy because yeah. we completely agree with what Alice has just said, one hundred percent. You know, this, this is you know that that seismic shift in terms of mental health and well-being. Those conversations are starting. People are starting to talk very differently about their mental health and well-being. And from an, I think from an employer perspective. 
and like it, it's exactly what Alice has just said as well what we're encouraging employers because we work around the six core mental health um, standards from the thriving at work review so yeah. everything we're doing the thriving at work review was written by Lord Stevenson and Paul Farmer in 2017 it was commissioned by Theresa May um, and that's when the government was starting to make big changes in terms of mental health and what they're doing at the moment who knows if I'm honest yeah. in terms mm. of that um, but yeah that 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 thriving at work review report came out in 2017 and the six core standards have been put in place to help employers um, and what we encourage at Eventwell um, and this is the work that we do through the manifesto and through the champions program is that authenticity is that being real is that leading from the top showing exactly the same as what Alice said we I talk about this a lot is like taking that mask off to show the real you so yeah. if you're having a day where you're struggling you should be able to say that you're struggling, whether you're a team member or whether you're an employer. You know, you would think nothing of it to say I've broken, I've broken my leg or I've twisted my ankle or, or I'm, I'm, I'm tired or I've got a cold, I've got flu, I've got COVID-19. You wouldn't think anything of it. But why, when it comes down to our mental health, do we? And it, it's, do you know, it, it's not anybody's fault. It's not anybody's fault. Um, we, we, we're not here to, to blame or create a blame culture around mental health. It's not employers' fault. It's, it's society's view, I would say, and the way that historically people with mental health conditions have been treated. Mm -hmm. um, that's where the stigma and shame comes um, from. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that we used to lock people like me up in mental health institutions and they were forgotten about i mean that that was only we, we still had mental health hospitals up until the 70s you know my, my dad was a mental health nurse ironically and um, so when i when i was a toddler we lived near um, a place called grease hall just outside of southport it's not a mental health hospital anymore but uh, my dad worked there as a mental health nurse so it, it's it's not anybody's fault it's just the way that society has been for a long time and it's just coming out of those habits that that is created if that makes sense um employers they 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 have a duty of care though um which i think sometimes is forgotten the yeah. health and safety at work act from 1973 or 74 does state that employee well-being needs to be looked after there's a duty of care so it has actually been written into health and safety law for a long time um, there's the Disability and Equality Act of 2010, which states that anybody with mental health um, or anybody with a disability, and that includes hidden disabilities such as mental health disabilities, um, reasonable adjustments should be made in the workplace to be able to accommodate that person. That means me with, with a bipolar, which is a hidden disability. Um, if I need adjustments to be made to my working hours or how I work or where I work, then my employer has a duty of care to offer that to me. Um, under the Equality Act. Um, so it is just making all of these little bits and pieces aware. And, and one of the important things that we need to remember as well, that self-care in terms of us looking after ourselves as individuals is not our employer's responsibility. It's yes. our employer's responsibility. It's an employer responsibility in terms of ensuring that it's a safe, inclusive um, working environment for us. And we don't put unnecessary pressure onto our employees to deliver. Um, and that's what we need to start changing in the events industry is those working environments, that culture within organizations in terms of long hours, 
So, you know, we're, I'm, I'm a mum, I have a little girl. Um, so I, I work the way I work now, kind of mostly self-employed and part-time so it fits around my little girl. I wouldn't even try and consider going for a full-time job at the moment with my little girl because of the pressure that still exists. Um, and this is just given an example of a mum that would want to leave the office at five o'clock to go and pick up her child from school. She'd be frowned at looked at she'd be made to feel shamed and guilty doing it and, and this is really talking about someone who's only contracted to work till five o'clock as well so effectively they're only leaving to office at the time that their contract says that they should be leaving office but they would still feel a guilt and shame about doing that so it's things like this that employers need to really really look at that's a culture within the organization the culture is a whole thing where this is the way we do things around here it's not necessarily what's written in your practices and your procedures and your policies yeah right? so Employers have a responsibility for that culture. Employers also have a responsibility to lead by example. So, you know, don't sit in the office for 16 hours a day because if you're doing it, your team will do it because they'll think that you expect them to do that as well. If you are struggling with your mental health, say, have open conversations. This is all written into those six core mental health standards and framework. Um, routinely monitor your employees' mental health. Have a conversation with them. Have a one-to-one -one conversation with them. How are you feeling? How are you really feeling? Is there anything we can be doing to support you? It's been very tricky over the last six months because we're all working in completely different ways now. Um, even though it's been on the wellbeing agenda for a long time in terms of remote working, we won't work to this extent. I don't think it was ever on the agenda. Mm. Um, it, was, it was more of a kind of flexibility perspective to allow people choice. Um, that's what the flexible working and conversation was about. Um, but it, it's really, you know, for employers, it, it's, it's about being authentic and real, showing it as a boss and employer that you're a human being. Yeah. And it's what youngsters are expecting now, isn't it, as well? They're looking out for the businesses that are working in this way and have got those policies in place and actually not just have the policy, but are actually demonstrating that this is the way of working. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Alice, so you'd mentioned, um, you know, about working with different people to support them. A lot of um, my fellow mentees on the Fast Forward programme, we're all thinking about building our personal brand, um, especially so those who are out of jobs um, to make yourself more noticeable. Do you have any tips that you could just share on personal branding um, or confidence that could help? Yeah, the weird thing about confidence is that it's a practice. It's not I think we all have an inherent level of confidence when we're born, but society kind of stamps out of us a little bit and we're kind of made to, <laughs> to play small and to be ashamed of ourselves. But a weird thing happens when you share something about yourself is that other people will kind of validate you because they'll jump in the comments if you do a post and they'll say, oh my God, me too, da da da. And the thing is, you don't have to, I think there's this thing about authenticity and personal branding is that you have to share everything and you have to be like, here's a look at my working from home situation and here are my kids, mm -hmm. here's my dog is my dirty secrets and stuff. And it's just not true. You don't need to share all that much about yourself. I just think a little bit more is, um, is all that we need. So it's just that case of practice of try something, try being a little bit more open and honest, talk about something that you genuinely care about and are passionate about. And the, the kind of validation that you get from other people and the, the me too kind of comments that you get will um, give you the confidence to continue then. So to start small, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do really like that. Yeah. And you know, each of us are sorry, trying to trying to work on that. And I think when even when you get one, not a like, but as you say, a comment, you're kind of like, oh, it's great. Someone's read that and they've wanted to join in my conversation. So it does boost your confidence. 
Yeah, and it builds those relationships as well and those deeper connections with people because they can see a bit more about who you actually are, not yeah. who you've been pretending to be, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I would probably back that up from what Alice has said, actually, in terms of personal brands. It, it's, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm, I'm going to be turning 48 in about four months' time. Yeah, brilliant age, yeah. But with that comes the joy of all the stupid stuff I did in my 20s um, and, and my teens isn't on social media. So I, I would say to kind of younger professionals coming up in the industry, you know, think about your digital footprint, particularly from a professional perspective. Myself mm. and, and Kelly are in, we have that, that dignity that none of our stuff is on social media. So it would never be seen by anybody. And we're probably a little bit more cautious in terms of the stuff that we put out there. So um, think about it. I don't use social media from a personal perspective anyway because of managing my mental health and well-being. Um, mm. I think it, it, it can be a very dark place at times, social media. Yeah. Um, mm. But think from a professional perspective, what stuff are you putting out there? What comments are you making on social media? Particularly when you, you think about some people who have lost their jobs because they've made comments on a Twitter feed or a Twitter yes dialogue and stuff so so think about that because once you've put once you've put it out there digitally it's out there and it stays out there so not from a fear perspective but always be thinking from a personal branding perspective you know what can people if they really want to find out who i am what can they dig up about me on online um so, so important yeah so really right <laughs> yeah Brilliant. Well, um, <laughs> no, that, that's really great. And I think, you know, having this conversation today and um, hopefully people can take, you know, what they want from this and both of you do amazing, amazing things with your companies. So just as like a lasting thought, um, I know you'd previously mentioned some and I'll put on the last slide um, ways to get in contact with you both. But are there any initiatives or anything they can follow along? Alice, you mentioned a podcast. Um, Helen, you mentioned about um, Wellbeing Month and Wellbeing Days. Um, yeah, anything else that you guys wanted to mention that you know people could join along with or just follow you on? Yeah, um, so the, oh God, go on, Alice. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, the Dark Coffee podcast has a back catalogue of about oh, 68 episodes or something now. So that's a combination of interviews and just shorter episodes where I kind of pick up on a particular theme and kind of explore it in a bit of detail, give some tangible takeaways. So the Dark Coffee podcast is just called Dark Coffee, wherever you stream. Um, I'm doing quite a few um, workshops that are available to the general public. So they'll be advertised on my website. If you go on uh, darkcoffee.co.uk and sign up to the newsletter, you'll be the first to find out about when those are. And we explore things around authenticity, personal branding, confidence, and uh, how to be a general badass. So <laughs> I love that. And I did do the um, actually the authenticity one. And that was, yeah, I, I couldn't rave about it more. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> Badassery. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> general badass. I like that a lot. Um, but for Eventwell, um, it's eventwell.org. Um, we've got lots of resources from the website. We are going to be adding some new content to that area because some of the, the stuff that's been on there has been there for a while. Um, but for us, it's, you know, if you work in and also hospitality, we're not just events, we're creative communications, experiential marketing live business events, hospitality, travel and exhibitions. We're all uniquely related to each other. Um, we're all like cousins, we're all family. Um, so come and join us. So we have professional membership, we have business membership. Professionals is for freelancers, sole entrepreneurs, people working on their own business membership is for 
employee, employers and businesses for their teams. Um, if you have unfortunately lost your job at the moment, been made redundant, you'll get six months free membership. If you're new to the industry and in your first two years, then um, it's a reduced, it's just five pounds a month. Um, if you're a student and studying to join the industry, it's also free for the duration of your studies. And for anybody else, it's just seven pounds a month. Um, business members, there's, there's tiers based on the number of people in your team. Um, also check out their Event One Manifesto. The Event One Manifesto sets out our vision um, for the events, hospitality, exhibitions, um, marketing, creative communications industry. Um, and ties into the Event World Champions program where we train um, those Event World Champions to so check that out as well. Um, and, you know, check out, and, and I can't push this enough, um, stigma and shame does stop people from, from asking for help, but we do have info lines. So if you're, if you just need, you don't need to be struggling, if you just need a natter and someone to, to vent at and just go because sometimes that's all we need to yeah. do just talk to a stranger and just get it off your chest and info line is there for that um, and we've also got if you, you are if you just need some help with some grocery shops or you've got a, a bill that's weighing on your mind that you can't pay come to event well because we we can help you with that um so yeah that's that's eventwell.org Thank you. No, thank you so much. It's really, yeah, really been really informative. And I hope that people, as I say, can have different takeaways from it. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks both. It's great. Take care. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having care. me. <laughs> Bye. So how are we all doing? Are you still with me? Some of that was quite a tough listen, wasn't it? And if you are affected in any way um, with your mental health, as lots of us are right now, then please do reach out. Alice and Helen have got so much knowledge and insight and can help. So take the time, say hello, or reach out to your network and your connections who are probably going through similar right now, especially in the events industry. So let's all just stay chatting, stay talking, and let's get through this together. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. It's such a fantastic topic to have a look at and we, we just need to keep this conversation going. A huge well done to Catherine for hosting the interview. I don't know about you, but I think she did superb. So well done, Catherine. So that's it for this week. I will be back very soon with more episodes for you. And we are not finished with the conversation with mental health. Our next interview is all around mental health too, because I do want to keep this going for a little bit longer. This is such a big topic and there's a lot to talk about and digest and discuss. Don't forget, if you are enjoying this podcast, then tell your friends about it. Let's share all of this knowledge and um, let's make sure that we build this community for events for breakfast. And you can rate us on your podcast subscribe and click like and make sure you're subscribing for every episode so it just comes straight onto your onto your platform however you listen to it please do take care of yourself i will be back very soon with more bye for now